Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. This is a late night live audio from us, and we had to because, oh, Taco Bell Run over there had to go on a late night bender. Nate, if I disappear up, off camera, it's because of Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, so Taco getting, Bell, good for the soul, baby. We're getting started a little bit late tonight, but uh, it's Friday night. Friday night hoops, why not? Uh, Got to come in here after a big Grizzlies win. Uh, and you know what? Our guy, Black Lives Matter, the Grizz are back. And it, hey, listen, it was great to see um, a lot of really what, what took place tonight. It seemed like they got a little bit of their mojo, right? It seemed like they kind of figured things out. It seemed like they were happy. And that's really what I look at is when I see a when I see a team, I'm like, are they having fun? And usually the Grizzlies are always having fun. Uh, but the Grizzlies now look like they're having fun. So um, immediately, the Grizzlies win 128 to 107. What's your first thoughts coming out of the game? Oh, baby. They did. They are back. I saw Chris Vernon tweeted the, I think I got my swagger back. Dude, <laughs> they play like themselves, man. They play like themselves. It was one of those where they were they were trailing after the first quarter, which has been unideal as of yeah. late. When they get behind, it's and when they're neck and neck, it feels like they're the ones constantly trying to keep it close. After that first quarter, I was like, the Timberwolves are knocking down a bunch of threes. The Grizzlies need to defend the three better. In general, I was like, the Grizzlies are playing really well. Like, if the Timberwolves aren't hitting every three they shoot, then they're they're losing by a lot. And it just carried through the rest of the game. And then the energy was there on the defensive end. And they were locked in defensively. It was – the only thing that's a shame is that one of those refs really hates Dylan Brooks. Because, <laughs> listen, he, he was fouling, but the it was ticky-tack stuff they were calling on him. And yeah. so that was, like, the only – really the only negative other than – uh, not seeing Luke Kennard take those John Conchar threes. Other than mm. that, beautiful thing of beauty. Mm. Thing of beauty. Yeah, we're gonna hit on that. Uh, we had the uh, what is it? The the Jitty and the um, whatever his name is. I, I'm drawing a blank. Um, why David Roddy, Roddy, big sorry. body Roddy, the it factor Roddy. Yeah, shut up. Daniel. All right, listen, we're gonna have that debate a little bit later on, and so I know you're excited about that. I don't even think I told you that we're gonna talk about that, but I do want to go over a little bit of the box score. They shot the Timberwolves shot forty percent from three tonight on uh, thirty-seven attempts. The Grizzlies shot forty percent tonight as well, but only twenty-five attempts. And the thing that kind of stuck out to me 
was the two guys that normally just light it up, and that is Desmond Bain, one of four. And then you go up here and you look at Anthony Edwards, one of three on 19 shots, one of three. The Grizzlies did a very good job of running him off the line. That, that's really what I look at is they did a good job of closing out hard, which makes him go the line, which honestly, it's he, he's really good. But when you have a guy that you're running him to, they call the Black Panther, I'm, I'm kind of feeling confident in it. And so that's really what they did tonight is they ran him off the line, and then they sent him into a little bit of the defense. The helping of the defense tonight was very good. Jaron was very good. That block that he had was absolutely just gorgeous. Uh, I think it was Brandon Clark that cut him under, and then he had to pull up, and then at that point, Jaron was just sitting there waiting. And, and the, the camera shot. Was a it was, monster, dude. It was awesome. just a monster just emerging out of the abyss to Anthony yeah. Edwards. That was awesome. But yeah, I thought that was a great, uh, I'd say halftime adjustment, maybe mid-second quarter adjustment, honestly. I thought the Grizzlies did a really good job closing out the first half doing this, but they did a really good job running those guys offline pretty much from late second quarter on. Um, the Timberwolves were super hot from three in the first half, but in the second half, they really calmed down. I thought it was an awesome adjustment by Jenkins and, and the whole coaching staff and team running those guys off the line, not letting them kill you like that. Um, a little bit of overhelping thing, you know, when we do talk about the Roddy Conchar thing, I think Roddy is still got a lot of defensive work to do. He still overhelps and is a couple steps behind, but um, listen, in general, that's nitpicky stuff. The Grizzlies played yeah. their brand of basketball and it showed they played yeah. awesome. They did. They they played really well. They played free, um, as Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. said in the uh, the chat. Um, and honestly, come chat with us. Uh, that's what we want to do is answer your questions. Uh, I talked to um, a guy that I consider probably one of the best guys that that covers uh, sports in Memphis, but mainly you know the Grizzlies and Mark Giannato today. And so we're gonna get uh, him to come by at some point after a game. Just either whether he calls in or he can stop in if he's at home uh, and he's able to catch video. Uh, if there's somebody else that you want us to bring on, uh, we're going to do that. We're going to have, whether it's a 15-minute spot on these post-game shows or if they're going to hang out with us the whole time, such as Sean Coleman did, uh, go check out his trade stuff. He, he was very good. The trade deadline's over, uh, but but that was very good from Sean. Uh, we're going to have him on once a month now. And so Sean will be a monthly uh, guy here. And so we had a conversation afterwards. And Sean's going to uh, come on probably uh, probably the first of the month to kind of go over some things and kind of see how things break down. Uh, we're going to be doing majority of the games from, head on, uh, from here on out. We have less than 30 games and then the playoffs. So we're going to be doing a lot of games. The only times we'll miss stuff is if maybe a Saturday night, uh, stuff we can't actually get to. Uh, but if you are a podcast subscriber, please hit us up on YouTube as well. Uh, we are live almost after every game, like I said. I don't know if people know this, and I was just brought to my attention, so I'm going to go over it for like 20 seconds, okay? On YouTube, you know how you have YouTube mobile. All you have to do, and let's see if I can show you. Why not? Listen, we'll, we'll do this live. This will probably this lose. could take much longer than expected. Much longer than 20 seconds. Uh, all right. So, look, you, you, have our, you have our stuff, right? You just click on it, okay? And then... We're going to throw that up. All right, your so if you're watching down. it, if you're watching it, right, just push up, and it keeps it in the bottom, right? It keeps it down there. So you can still watch it, right? So, so I'm able to still watch it the whole time and listen to it if I want to.
people had no idea how to do that. Honestly, who is, who is people? I've talked to like four or five people. They said, well, you can't do that on YouTube because it always closes you out. Right. If you're not listening in it. Huh? Are they your seniors or your juniors? They're they're my juniors. But that's interesting. Okay. They had no idea that they were like, well, why? I just hate YouTube because you can't do anything else but be on YouTube. I'm like, actually, no, there's a different feature now. They're like, no, that's premium. I'm like, no, it's actually just regular YouTube. But anyway, that was way over 20 seconds. But. That's why people didn't like YouTube at one point, and now YouTube does that. So just wanted to give that a shout out uh, because that's, you know, honestly, we get a lot of views from YouTube, um, but we just wanted to make sure we shared that uh, people want to go live with us. But let's go back to the game real quick. Uh, The Grizzlies dominated, honestly, inside. I think they said 72 paint points. Uh, I'm not looking at the the team totals box score right now, but uh, they absolutely dominated inside. 72, yeah, (laughs) on Rudy Gobert's head. I put that out there. It's not always that the like the paint guy is the one getting these points scored on him, right? Sometimes it's when he's out. Dude, Aldama, Jaron, yeah. Ja were just putting it on his head, dude. Oh, Santi was giving Rudy the work tonight. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, it was it wasn't every point, obviously, on Rudy. A lot of those points were scored on Rudy in the paint tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Rudy sucks. Can we just is that <laughs> is that an agreement? he's perplexing he's a perplexing guy i really don't get it because it's it's one of those things where i see him be mega effective in some ways like with steven adams out i was genuinely like he might struggle on the boards tonight Hmm. but they didn't yeah they they went they were winning the rebound battle did they end up winning it yeah grizzlies Uh, won by nine one rebound battle by nine 35 to 44 wow he's he, listen, he's really good at what he's really good at, but he sucks at everything else. And it's completely overshadows what he's good at, in my opinion. Yeah. Listen, the team does a very good job of rebounding the ball. Um, everybody, you know, the, even the bench guys, they all had two at least rebounds. The only person who had one uh, the entire team was Dylan Brooks. He had a bad night. Okay. We're not, we're not going to clown on Dylan Brooks. Uh, not tonight. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to let him get hit a little bit of his mojo back before I start clowning on him again. But right now, I'm going to leave him alone. He's just sucking. That's just plain and simple. Well, what was crazy is, he, like I said, he definitely had a couple of those fouls you just can't have, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. But it was like, dude, there were some nitpicky fouls calling him tonight. Yeah. And I thought he was playing really good defense. And offensively, he had hit a couple of shots, right? I mean, he was two for four when he went out. I thought he looked good. I, I hate that he got – it looked like he was in a rhythm. I hate that he got yeah. booted, which we'll see. Yeah. But anyway. be all right. Continue. Yep, he will be fine. I'm not too worried about Dylan. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's learning to to figure out exactly how he's going to fit on this team. Okay, and we're going to get into Luke Kennard a little bit later. Uh, we'll probably actually go into that next because I'm excited to talk about that more than the Jitty and um, whatever um, debate. What? What do you want? I got two things about the Timberwolves. My God, go ahead. He's better be One. good. You better be good. It pisses me off, Colin Anderson shooting 40% from three this year. <laughs> you know how mad that made me when I heard that stat? I was like, I don't know what he's shooting. I was watching with my buddy. I'm like, he's shooting 30-something percent. Like, he's shooting good. If he'd just been shooting 35% last year from three, we'd have re-signed him. And then they go, Kyle Anderson shooting 44% from three this year. I was like, get, bro. Bro, what's going on? Is it just a Memphis curse where you couldn't hit him here? What's hmm. going on? That made me – I was infuriated. Number two, 
Did you know Wendell Moore plays for the Timberwolves? <laughs> I do know that. I do know that. I had no idea what happened. That dude completely forgot about him. I really liked mm-hmm. him out of the draft and just completely forgot he even existed. So those were two things I wanted to talk on. And that's it. That's the only thing I want to say about the Timberwolves. All right. Well, thankfully, I like both guys. So Kyle Anderson, he played well tonight. He probably played better. And he that's what he does. He plays just good basketball, good team basketball. Uh, he's the guy that you can have on a championship team. I just don't know what he does and what he fits. You really have to kind of have good shooters around him and let him be the four. Um, and so him next to Rudy Gobert isn't bad. The problem is, is their shooting has not been good. Um, I, unfortunately, I'm looking at Mike Conley. I, I think he's kind of, I think he's done so. And I hate saying that. I love Mike. I just think he's at this point in his career where, He's he wants to facilitate and he's not able to really just do enough offensively to be such a threat. He's going to hit his open threes, but he can't be a big threat, which they really need, especially losing um, uh, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, deloading. In, in theory, it makes sense. And I mean, if Carl Anthony Towns still exists, I'm not positive that he does, but when he comes back, he's a, Conley is a pure facilitator at this point in his career. And it's one of those things where I love him. I think he's still awesome at that. But it's going to be all about being able to facilitate for those guys. And mm-hmm. you, you want to say, well, when Carl Anthony Towns comes back, we'll see. But Carl Anthony Towns didn't fit well next to Rudy. And mm-hmm. the, the three guys yeah. that are three main guys just don't work well together. So we'll see. I hope Conley averages 40 and 10 and <laughs> loses every game to the Grizzlies. So. I agree. I, I'm I'm down. I, I love Mike Conley. I hope he is a very good player for them, but I hope they suck. Um, but one guy who's not sucking, like you said, was Kyle Anderson. Uh, shout out to Rebecca Jackson. Uh, he is having a good season with them. Uh, let's go ahead and go to your other one um, real quick, and that's Wendell Moore. He plays for the Timberwolves. I heard somebody say that Wendell Moore could be Brandon, what Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies. Wendell Moore could be for the Timberwolves. I thought that was a good take. He's a very Uh, a very good guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's kind of a spark plug. And so Wendell Moore is very good. But uh, one question, where did Wendell Moore go to college at? Duke. Duke. Well, there you go. Guess what? We're talking about Luke Kennard. (laughs) Duke Kennard. Duke Kennard. Duke, he's going to Duke. (laughs) <laughs> so Luke Kennard, your your immediate thoughts about him. I love the move. I thought I put this out there yesterday. I thought it was an underwhelming trade deadline for the Grizzlies. Obviously, a lot of things came out today as to why it's underwhelming, right? They were trying to make moves. I think everybody in the fan base wanted them to make, and they either weren't available at all or they were about to get fleeced. So I understand them not making those moves. This move in and of itself makes a ton of sense. You go and you get the only other guy that's shooting better on 500 plus three point attempts than Desmond Bain. So it's like you have the two best in the league on your team, and you really just needed that. That's really all you need is one more shooter to open up the floor. Um, I love the move. Is it some over the top, huge, earth shattering thing? No, mm. but yeah. and we'll talk about this in the trade deadline. I want to save a little bit for the trade deadline overall later. Okay. But, um, for the Grizzlies, I thought it was a small move that can go a long way for them. Okay. I, I like it. I'm worried about defensive off, 
obviously defensively concerns, but dude, yeah. you need guys who are going to knock down open threes and then just not, all of our guards get blown by. Yeah. Nothing's going to change on that. End. That's what I was going to say. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what's the difference of having John Conchar, David Roddy, Zaire Williams? There's no difference in him and, and Luke Kennard. Like, they're all the same. They're going to get beat. They're uh, all getting dusted, man. They're all getting dusted. <laughs> uh, but I will say that uh, something I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing is the rotations of exactly how they're intermingled. For the simple fact that Desmond Bain – and Luke Kennard on the floor at the same time with John Morant could be absolutely deadly. And so I think that's going to be a lineup that you're going to see is Kennard with Bain and Ja. And then you're going to see Jaron. You might actually go even smaller and go with Dylan. You even could go with Brandon Clark, but I think Dylan there, um, and you can put him as the four, especially if the other team is not just huge. That could be a really good team because you have your two defensive players on the team. Uh, that you really just trust, but also you have a guy who's a creator. You have two guys who they can kick it out to at any moment. Uh, you can't overhelp in that lineup like that. Plus, you have you have somebody like Jaron who you can just throw it to the hands. I, I think Jaron is a uh, is a crazy good uh, player right now. That's tr is is finding his own. Uh, but what I want to see is a lot of times that Bane goes out, right? And Bane's going out, and so you're gonna have somebody that can come in and Luke Kennard and, and immediately jump into that spot. I think that's very important for this. And I think that you're going to really love to see. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be awesome uh, to see whenever Bane goes off and you can bring on Luke. So you're not really missing much shooting. Well, what I'm actually super interested to see is if they put Kennard and Bane minutes together, which again, defensively seems like it's a bad idea, but it's like it's not any worse than who you're pairing them with in general. And also, I think that could be huge for Bane. I think Bane, it's so hard for Bane. You don't ever see Bane get standstill shots hardly anymore, right? And he's just not standstill wide open. He's either launching them from the logo or he's coming off these screens running. If you can get Kennard in there where it's another shooter where people cannot come off of him, that can open up so many looks for Bain that are like looks he was getting last year, his rookie season, where it's, hey, I just get to shoot an open three, right? And to Bain's credit, he's gotten awesome at those logo threes. He's gotten awesome at the threes off the screens. He got robbed of one by his big toe today on that what could have been a four-point play. But I'm very interested to see if they try and pair those minutes together and maybe even let Kennard do some more ball handling and rotations with, with that lineup just to see what they can do because it would be massive for Bain to be able to yeah. do that. And obviously, Kennard, he's – I mean, he's a definition of a sniper, right? That's the, – the way Bain is a scorer, Kennard can be a scorer, but Kennard himself is like – just got a sliver of space and he drained it, right? He's yeah. sort of like Doug McDermott whenever he plays the Grizzlies and no one else, but the Grizzlies he kills. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited for it. I think it's a great move. Obviously, you'd love to have a Mikael Bridges OG, but I'm super happy with Luke Kennard, man. Speaking of somebody who's killing it right now is we're going to bring in our guy, EJ Spaces Grizzlies, Grindhouse Grizzlies. What's up, EJ? How are you, man? Uh, what's good, man? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you good, man. We can hear you good. Okay. All right. I didn't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, just got off the space and everything. Glad to join in. Um, you know, I don't get this opportunity very much. Much, but uh 
I am going to start being off more. So if you need me around, I'll be here. Uh, but yeah, um, where were we at? Y'all talking about Luke Kennard, the addition? Is that where we're yeah, at? Yeah, I was going to. I was going to say, if you send me that trucker hat, you can just take my spot full time. I need that hat, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith, uh, yeah. Big shout out to uh, Keith, man. Keith Parrish on, um, you know, uh, fast break. Um, went out to the uh, watch party last week against the Cleveland Cavaliers and got the trucker hat. Uh, I was actually at this game where they gave them out, but I, I missed giveaway. So, uh, yeah, I, I needed this one. I like it. Yeah, let's we're, let's go into Luke a little bit, uh, and we'll talk about him for a second. So, what's your thoughts on the um, on the the trade in general? Because I will say, and I'm about to about to call you out, EJ. You were absolutely just setting Grizzlies, the franchise, everybody in the front office, everybody that might have mentioned the Grizzlies. You were setting them on fire. I think it was an absolute like just. I don't know what you had. Did you have a torch? Like I'm not sure what you used, but you were murdering everybody so how do you feel now about the trade deadline yeah man uh as we preach the positive uh, the power of positivity around uh <laughs> i also like to uh apply a little pressure you know uh <laughs> as the brandon the hype man came up the other night you know he told me the guy you know some people listen around they catch the riff of uh, the energy and everything so uh my idea was uh yeah let's let's apply a little pressure here um but you know these guys were working behind the scenes once again uh working in the dark as john Morant would say and uh they fooled me and, <laughs> and i'm completely and i'm completely fine with that you know uh, i always tell the people on the spaces uh i could be right i could be wrong i never care as long as this is the betterment of the team and zach Kleiman did his uh due diligence uh, as he said, he, you know, he moved swiftly on a couple of guys. It didn't work out. Uh, even being able to switch his focus over to a Mikael Bridges so quickly and try to, and try to, and try to, um, you know, uh, try to get him in, uh, that even speaks volumes to me. So uh, I'm fine with where we're at. I'm glad that Zach, Zach Kleiman did what he did, and we'll ride it out to this summer. Um, it's going to take our top three guys just to improve. Uh, continue to get better and, and we can go far and far with this team for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they, uh, I think they made a big play in getting somebody that can really open the floor. And I think that's one of the biggest things is somebody who can um, be a knockdown shooter, but also somebody that can get, get along with the, with the team. The, the chemistry is big. The culture is big. And I think it's going to be very important for this team going forward. But, uh, but, I'm excited about Luke. I think mostly everybody is about Luke because he is a good shooter. He's shooting 50% from the short corner. And so I think going forward, we're going to see a a big jump out of this Grizzlies team because I think you have one more guy that can knock down some shots. Anybody that's not taking shots and absolutely just cold as ice right now, like Dylan Brooks and John Conchar, it's, it's absolutely going to be a blessing, I promise. But um, go ahead. Dylan, 50% from the floor tonight, easy. <laughs> He shot zero. Four shots points. in 14 minutes, but hey, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the Roddy and G debate. I know you want to talk about it a little bit, uh, Nate, but let's go ahead and bring it. Let, let's let EJ lead us off on this one, okay? David Roddy and you have Jitty, okay? Both of those guys are going to be up for minutes because there's going to be a, a tenth spot, in a sense, on this team because 
on the you have the five starters once once uh, Steve O comes back, right? But then you're going to have Tyus, Luke, Brandon Clark, and Satya Dama. There's nobody going to take those guys and over overstep those guys. Okay, those are the four plus the five that are they're starting. Obviously, Xavier Tillman's starting right now, but he is your you know he's an emergency guy. So you're so you have a chance, and you can bring Zaire into this. Who are you going with in the tenth spot if you feel comfortable? With with the regular season team, you're rolling them out there. You have 10, 10 man lineup. Who are you going with? Um, yeah, I think David Roddy is showing it once again. Uh, even in his spot minutes, you know, uh, he has shown time and time again that he wants it. Uh, so I, I think I'm settled in with David Roddy. Uh, let Z go ahead and work in the dark. Uh, with the with the hustle. Um, and let him just kind of go back through the summer league and just hopefully he comes back next season healthy and, and ready to rock and roll um, and everything like that. So, yeah, if I had to give it to anybody to that 10th spot, which more than likely is the, the three guard off the bench, um, I'm going to have to go with David Roddy. I think he's he's worked for it. He's earned it even in the very few spot minutes that he has gotten. Uh, John Contrar came into the season. Um, you know, with some with some expectations, especially from you, Mr. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> and, and he produced those. Like, he really did. He, he gave us great minutes um, while Jaron Jackson Jr. was out, um, while Desmond Bain had got banged up there for a second and everything. And he started out hot. But, you know, it started all on us. And, uh, yeah, at this point, um. Yeah, I, I'm just ready to go ahead and move toward the future a little bit, and I think Dave Roddy is going to fit that future timeline uh, that the front office wants. So, yeah, I, I'm all for Dave Roddy. I'm kind of filling that 10th spot. But I really – I think we just need to go ahead and trip him down to nine uh, by the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what say you, Luke? Luke. <laughs> Call me Luke now. What's up, Nate? What do you say? I'm not nearly as handsome as that fella. Uh, I I tend to say, I mean, I think it should be Roddy. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be Conchar, or I think they'll give those minutes to Tillman, and they'll find a way to stack Tillman in there. And Mm-mm. let's be clear, and I, that's the thing is, like, if you're looking to put in a guard spot, obviously that makes sense. They love Tillman, and he's been killing. He's it. not gonna play. He's not gonna play. Well. Here's and that's why I wanted to ask you about is does it make sense to do a three four five of Santi, Brandon, Tillman? Because I don't no. think it does. No, I, he, that won't happen. The only reason he's playing, the only reason he's starting, is because out. Taylor right. loves to have his rotations because right. it's not about right now. He doesn't care about these regular season games. He doesn't. People don't understand that. Taylor Jenkins is a guy who want is thinking about this way ahead of time. The reason they'll start somebody over Tyus uh, a lot of times, but Tyus obviously is now because he's been so long in this league. He's starting when jaws out, but right. other players, the same reason, the same reason they're starting Conchar over whoever, because they're, yeah. they're trying to keep the rotations the same. So they all get, uh, I guess, familiar with each other. Cool. Xavier Tillman so is the emergency backup. That's just, it is what it is. So we're on the same page of what that should be. Yes. Right. Because Tillman has been killed it. Right. I think Tillman's been amazing in these minutes that he's had to play. Love it. I don't think he should be in the rotation when Steve O is back. Mm. I don't think, I, I don't think it makes any sense for the team. It should be Roddy. 
It should it be. It should be Roddy. Because listen, be. Conchar and Conchar, <laughs> I thought the past two games actually, and I said this and I give kudos where it's due, despite what Swing Pass Sports wants to come and say crazy to me. I like Jitty. <laughs> I think that Jitty has been actually played really well the past couple of games. But, bro, why do we have these guys in there? So when they catch it on the outside, they can get a bucket. Mm. Everything on the offensive end, David Roddy does better than John Conchar. He has better defensive talent than John Conchar. You just can't trust him because he doesn't have the veteran presence that John Conchar has. Right? Jitty's smart. He's always in the right place. He always makes the right move. He always makes the right play. Dude. Roddy's got it, man. Roddy has got it, and the dude is a bucket. As soon as the game slows down completely for him, it's 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 gonna be curtains, dude. The dude can play. The yeah. dude can knock down the corner three. You saw him create a jumper tonight, and he does that. He does that every time he gets minutes. Yeah, it should be Roddy, man. Every time he's on the court, I talk myself out of Roddy when he's getting DNPs and then every time he gets mm. on the court, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I think I'm an idiot. Whenever you come back on the court, cause you're getting buckets left and right. You're a freaking huge dude. He's the only dude that has a Dylan type of body that can play with these dudes and be physical on the defensive end. Even though he did get cooked tonight, <laughs> he was mm. getting cooked tonight defensively. <laughs> but outside of that, man, listen, like at the end of the day, if you get to the playoffs and someone knocked down a shot, would you, and I want John Contra or David Rowdy in there. I want David Roddy. I think I Roddy, I believe in more to make the shot. And I just did I, – I put this out there, but since January 1st, Contra are shooting under 30% from three. And then Roddy's last 10, which is January 5th, he's shooting 47% from three. So it's like, dude, I, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What, on what, what kind about. of splits? Yeah, I that's mean, what I was I thinking. How, how many Roddy's shooting at a higher volume. Roddy's shooting at a higher volume than Conchar in that. I don't remember the exact numbers. It's something like 51 attempts from Roddy, and it was something around 20-ish attempts I I will, think, from Conchar. I, I did don't worry. I will find ago. it. We don't believe <laughs> you. You're not good at counting. I double, yeah, I double counted because is, I am bad at counting. That's, that's Listen, impressive. he's not shooting He's not shooting <laughs> six, seven attempts per game, but he's at a higher volume than Conchar, shooting 47% over his last 10. So, listen, if you're going to shoot like that, then I don't know what we're doing, right? It's what we want everybody else to come in and do. So, and you're wow. right, though, man. Like, <laughs> with, like the, the shooting aspect, um, you know, I was at the Bulls game on Tuesday, and, uh, you know, everybody talks about the Dylan Boos. Uh, to be to be real, I mean, 10 fans out of 30,000, let's be honest. Like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. But – uh, it was bad, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, the shooting was horrible. Uh, it was downright disrespectful uh, to even sit there and watch it. But, uh, yeah, if, if we got guys to just go out there and just simply put the ball in the basket, man, and I think we'll be okay. Um, uh, you know, on the space and everything, a lot of people like to bring up the mismatches. Uh, we just got to utilize those a lot more. We have more mismatches than we think we have. Uh, David Roddy is one of those mismatches that we do have, uh, especially offensively. So, yeah, um, if we can get that guy just going downhill toward the basket, uh, you know, 47% is amazing or whatever you just said with the three-point percentage over the last 10 games. But we know that's not going to hold up. Uh, so, yeah, just continue to use these uh, 
mismatches inside, whether it's off the dribble or just straight up post post work. And I think we can win a lot more games and everybody can get off of Jenkins back. Yeah. Well, I will say that um, since the, the turn of the calendar, so January 1st, uh, David Roddy has taken 23 three-pointers. He's hit nine, so nine of 23, 39%. Um, and so it's not atrocious. It's not terrible. It's it's fine. I like that. Um, I like how you left out uh, the the four attempts <laughs> that he had. So you went no. and got those. I uh, I, I did I field it. goal attempts instead of three point attempts. What an idiot. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're still <laughs> making sure we're correct. Uh, something I will say though um, on Dylan Brooks, the reason he was booed, and I said this in the spaces a couple times. Listen to these numbers real quick, and we're going to move on from this debate. We're going to move on from Dylan Brooks, I promise you. But in February, he is 2 of 13 from 3 for 15%. In January, he was 16 of 73 for 21%. That's a turn of the calendar this year, 18 of 86 for 20%. That's why he's getting booed. When you're chunking up a bunch of shots like that, and you're you're shooting 20% from 3, that's why you get booed. It has nothing to do with the, the Grizzlies not being good fans or anything. Bro, figure it out. Change something up. Take less shots. Go get to the rim. That, that's just part of it. And so that's what I'll say about the, the Dylan Brooks stuff. I, I don't care. Okay, I'll support Dylan, especially since he's on the team. But I will say that Dylan has to figure himself out. Whatever and however he can, he's need to figure it out. So uh, moving on from Dylan. Um real fast and so we'll get around to um, the trades around the league but before that i want to get to our presenting sponsor and that is zach jaworski state farm uh make sure you give them a call uh they they can save you money and especially if you're here locally uh go hit them up you can call them at 901-794-3691 at zachinsuresmemphis.com and that is 901-794-3691 and you can get a free quote at zachinsuresmemphis.com uh, I promise you, all you have to do, give them a call. They're in East Memphis as well as Collierville. Uh, let them know the Grizz on one team sent you, and they will save you money. Because you got to have insurance at this point in life. You know, if not, then then you know what? Maybe you're just playing life a little bit dangerously, more dangerous than I am. Uh, my wife makes me, so I kind of have to. We'll just we'll blame it on that. Um, all right, let's get into the trades around the league. I know it's going to be. Uh, a lot of conversation about that. Um, EJ, thank you for hanging out with us so far. Uh, EJ is over at Spaces Grizzly. So after every game, him and his team are doing a great job there. Make sure you go uh, check them out uh, because there is a lot of uh, crazy talk. It's so much fun, though. If, if you can deal with some 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 of the craziness, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Go check it out. Uh, EJ Dorn's a, a tight ship over there. He, d- he does a good job. So uh, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of the trade on the league. Uh, Nate, I know you're over there crunching uh, the numbers of David Roddy against uh, Jitty, but we're going to go ahead and go straight to you. Uh, what's your favorite trade that you like personally as a true NBA fan? What do you like the most? Luke Kennard now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's any one trade that just blew me away. Obviously, the biggest one's the Kevin Durant, the Phoenix one, right? That's the biggest trade. I thought trade, of though? everyone. I We're going to get to that. We're going to okay. get to that. I thought that as far as who had the best deadline, because I, I, as far as specific trades go, I don't know if there's one that super stands out. The best deadline was the Lakers. I thought yes. the Lakers, yes. which 
if we're being honest, it would have been hard for them to have a bad deadline. Oh, if they had just stood, stood still, that's a bad deadline. Like, all they had to do was change something, and they did. So, it was going to be easy for it to look like a good deadline, but I thought they surrounded LeBron, AD, all those guys with the, the right kind of role players, right? You're going to have the issues with D'Lo's never tend to play well with others. Yeah. That's going to be something, and you've only got 20-something games to get that working. But in theory – they had the best deadline, in my opinion. Um, but the biggest move, again, obviously, was Kevin Durant, which I thought was I thought was a good move, but we can get into that a little bit more later of my thoughts around it. All right. EJ, favorite move? Um, I, I'm kind of with Nate, man. Uh, I think the Lakers did, you know, I, I don't know how they stole the league like that in a way. Um, <laughs> to be able to get, what, three, pretty much three starters, uh, out of that sorry um, roster that they had uh, and, and limited picks, yeah, that they definitely won the trade deadline to me. Uh, yes, getting Kevin Durant is the biggest one. But, yeah, um, to be able to turn Westbrook into three starters and then even uh, a week or two before with the Rury uh, pickup, uh, that's amazing from the Lakers. I don't know how they did it. Uh, I still think it's a little help from the league. We're gonna have to investigate that a little bit. Uh, hopefully, Reddit can dig up some, 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 some dirt like they did with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. But yeah, uh, shout out to the Lakers though. Too bad they couldn't do it last year, so we could get us a, a better draft pick. Shout out Jalen Duran, by the way, man. That dude dominated tonight. Yeah. Yeah, Memphis get Jalen Duran. He absolutely just dominated the Spurs. It was it was beautiful. Um, there's going to be a lot that happens uh, in the buyout market, and I, I would imagine that the Lakers are going to get get a little bit more help, um, probably in that market. But the fact that they actually were able to pull off that trade was uh, amazing, and honestly, it was you get some key guys around, you know, some top end talent. Uh, they also had to figure out things between AD and LeBron. I imagine it's probably not uh, too bad. Uh, but one thing I want to bring up, and this is, uh, and it's almost comical to me, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but this is what I want to happen. Okay. Russell Westbrook just left LA. If he goes somewhere in a buyout, some, somehow, some way, I don't know where he goes that he actually has a chance to win a championship. And so I don't know what's going through his mind. If he wants to actually get a buyout, right, and go to a team that's a contending team, or can he stick it to LeBron? Right now, the Utah Jazz are 28 and 29. There's potential and there's talks that he might actually stay there in Utah. Is it because he wants to will them into making one of the top 10 spots? Because then it makes it harder for LA to even get in there. And if they do, there's a chance that they actually might play in the first play-in game, and he might have a chance on the back of Russell Westbrook and Laurie Marketing to put out the Lakers. That is the best television, and that's what I want. <laughs> Please, Russell, go to Utah and put out the Lakers. That's what I want. The pettiness would be incredible. I the pettiness it. would be amazing. It's like what Joe Tsai saying he's not going to send Kyrie to the Lakers because that's where he wanted to go. Like the pettiness yeah. is a thing of beauty. But why couldn't he do I, that with KD? Dude, I know. I, I don't <laughs> talk about that part of it. But that, I, I mean, it's if we're being serious. It's hard for me to see Russell doing that to be petty. It's not the worst fit in the world for him being. There, it's not. Though. That's a great it's, fit. It's really not being in Utah. 
But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets bought out and then goes to the Clippers is still most likely in my oh. mind. That makes sense. Um, anything else that was surprising around the league that you saw that might have just kind of, it was just like, what What are they doing? Um, I mean, this Portland, this Portland situation is getting interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with with everything going on, uh, you, you really hate to see uh, if players is getting treated like that with some of the reports that's coming out. But yeah, uh, that's going to be a sticky one because that was a 14 trade. And uh, a lot of picks being thrown around and players being shuffled. Uh, and also, if it doesn't go through, uh, uh, the, the the Warriors are, are stuck in cap hell after that. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's a very interesting one, in, in my opinion. You think that's a chance that they say, listen, uh, because that, they have to decide that uh, by tomorrow, I believe. Uh, the Warriors say, listen, we can – we can go ahead and just approve this trade so we so we can save like what is it a hundred million dollars? I think that's what it, the luxury tax is. Like I think what a that mess. <laughs> it would just be funny to me if they just went ahead and just said, you know what? We don't really care. I don't even care if he plays. We just want to figure out a way to not have to pay a hundred million dollars or whatever that number is. That would be that would be comical. Uh, but if After not, it's already I, a debacle. You're already going yeah. to get and a guy that you didn't that you let go because you didn't want to pay him. Somebody else was paying him. Now you're taking all the money he's getting, and you gave up picks to get him, and the number, yeah. number two pick in the draft. Like, dude, it's a complete debacle of a situation. No matter what, that's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny, and I'm I'm excited about this second half of the season, and uh, we'll we're we're gonna get out here and give some game predictions in a in a second. But I am excited about. Uh, really what, what's going to happen because the Grizzlies have a really good chance to be a, a, a good team in the second half. Uh, the All-Star break is just right around the corner, right? Next weekend, we're going to have the All-Star game. Uh, John Morant is now a starter for, the, um, for one of the teams. Uh, we're also going to have a live draft. And I don't even know if I've told you this or not, Nate, but next, you know, we're, we're doing a podcast Wednesday after the Jazz game. We're doing a live draft, and you get to pick your own NBA All-Star teams. It's going to have Nate up against Ryan. We're going to do this live. They're going to pick their teams, and I'm going to break it down with a beautiful, beautiful artwork. And I'm going to figure out how people can choose on a poll on the Grizz lead, at Grizz underscore lead, and let the people decide who has the better team. We're going to let the people. We're going to put something on it. You know what I want to put on it is this, but I'm not sure if anybody's scared enough. But if y'all aren't scared, <laughs> I have the one chip challenge. Whatever the poll says. So we'll see. We'll see if Nate or Ryan wants to take me up on that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I'm busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you can't do it. You had the, the indigestion issues, but that'll um, probably be true. But moving along. All right. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Um, EJ, thank you for joining us. But we do have the game predictions. Let's go ahead. What? What do you have to talk That's about? That's it for the trade, trade deadline. We're done for the trade deadline. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I, I had a whole thing. I had a whole spiel. Well, go ahead there, spiel guy. What are you, Nate I get Spielberg? I hate. No, gross. I wish I could mute you. No, <laughs> I'm not sure if this resonates true with you guys. I don't think the needle moved much in the West mm. after the 
trade deadline. I thought the KD move was a splash move. Those guys are one injury away from disaster. And I don't know if you guys listened to Vernon or all the smoke, but Vernon was talking about all the smoke today where I don't know if it was Steven Jackson or Matt Barnes came on and said they've heard that KD's knee is worse than what people were letting on it was. Wow. If that's the case and they just gave up Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, those are two key contributors that KD covers up a lot of you missing. If they're not there, if he's not there, those are two massive pieces you have to replace. By the way, you got to replace him even with KD gone. He doesn't cover up everything they did for you. That's a big issue. So the Suns, if they have KD, I think they are the clear favorites to win the West. If you're going to bet, if you're a betting man, yeah, they're one injury away from disaster. The Lakers had an awesome deadline. They were mad as hell. Well, dude, that team sucks. They could still be mid, even mm. if all that goes perfectly well for them. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, it's a huge over the top move. Is they suck so much, it was like, how could they not get better? Everyone else in the West made mild improvements. Denver got Thomas Bryant, mild improvement for them. The Warriors brought back Gary Payton, asterisk, mild improvement. There's all kinds of stuff that were small improvements, but no, nothing was like out of this world. I just don't think the needles move that much. I st- yeah. still think it's Suns, if KD's good, Nuggets, Grizzlies. Then you got the, the Warriors that could come on at any point. I guess the Clippers, if we still are going to play the Kawhi and Paul George, could be healthy thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the needles move that much. So I don't think the Grizzlies are in in any worse position, I think they're in a much better position than before. But I want to get yeah. I just don't think the needle moved. I don't. Yeah, I like that. Um, the The thing is, is I look at the defense on what I see, and honestly, the Lakers don't really worry me too much. I think I think they're good. I think they can beat probably any team. But when we talk about a five or seven game series, I think that I think their their works are going to show in a in a series one game set. I think they're fine. I think they could probably do well in the play-in. Uh, that's when you get to the Grizzlies part is who who's going to be the seven that then plays the Grizzlies. I don't see how the Lakers can get up that high as currently constructed, e- even if they have these guys. I still think they're going to still have issues. So them getting all the way up to the to where they can get up to the seven just doesn't make sense. I think the Grizzlies are going to miss them for the most part. But if you talk about the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul isn't guarding John Morant. Tory Craig isn't guarding John Morant. TJ Warren isn't guarding John Morant. DeAndre Ayton is not going to contest at the rim against John Morant. They have no answer for Ja. Zero. And so that's what I look at. I, I think Ja's going to be a problem for that team. And then you talk about Steve-O, who, who pretty much eliminates DeAndre Ayton uh, when they had the big guy there. I think really it's all about book can Booker and KD just dominate enough. And at that point you're talking about two guys having to put up 30 to 40 each to really have to carry them. I don't know if they have it, um, but as long as they're, they're wings, they're people who are, you know, they're bench players. They're not just throwing haymakers and flamethrowers from outside because we're over helping on KD and Booker. I think we have a, I really do think we, we match up well, we match up well against a lot of teams, the only teams we really don't match up well is Denver, and I, I just I think that's an that's an issue in itself. But besides that, nobody really scares me. I think we're fine in the West. But don't tell anybody. 
EJ, what's your thoughts on that, man? Uh, no, nah, I have to agree, man. Uh, of course, the Suns was the the team to uh, look at as the big uh, needle mover. Um, but if you if you look around the the four players, um, uh, you know they're kind of the same team they were uh before it. So yeah, uh, I'm not too big there. Uh, and we might not even see those guys. So uh, that's another thing. Um, we don't see them for the rest of the regular season, so we won't even know how we would match up against them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, once again, like y'all said, they don't really have anybody that can guard John Morant. Uh, Jaren Jackson Jr. is still a physical mismatch against those guys. Uh, Steven Adams would dominate and, and things like that. So uh, y'all, y'all are right um, I don't see too many. And for the rest of the Western Conference, yes, the Lakers, once again, had a pretty impressive uh, uh, move and everything, but it's going to be hard for them to get up to seven if we were to stay at two. Uh, I still think we have the chance at the one seed. Uh, I still don't really look at it too hard. Uh, as long as we get home court advantage uh, first two rounds, I think we're, we're straight. Um so, uh, yeah, and Denver, I, I do like that Denver move. I, I really mm. do. The Thomas Bryant pickup, I think that is something that's going to be a little tough for us because we don't have that backup big, uh, a true, true backup big. Uh, so that that is going to kind of cause a little trouble here and there. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that's the teams I'm more worried about, those teams that's going to slow us down, have court offensively. Phoenix is not one of those teams that's going to slow us down. They don't have the defense for it. Uh, but uh, the Mavericks, in a way, even though they did lose a big portion of their defense as well, uh, I think Jason Kidd can can scheme some things up to still try to make us a half-court team. Uh, Denver is going to try to make us a half-court team. And uh, probably like somebody like a Portland if they were able to get in there somehow. But, uh, yeah, those are the only ones I'm worried about. Uh, slowing us down, making us half court, and our guys just trying to figure it out. But as far as the moves, yes, uh, uh, Phoenix has the biggest needle mover in a way, and like I said earlier with the Lakers, but uh, not too much to just push us out the way. Real quick, Nate, let's go back to you, and then we'll wrap up on this one. Um, Mavericks, they get Kyrie, right, and they have Luca. Luca's out for a, a good bit. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be. It's probably after the All-Star break. He can probably make a full return. Um, but Luca and Kyrie together, are you interested in it? Do you think that is even worse for the Grizzlies? Because the Mavericks, because they do play so slow, even though the I feel like the Grizzlies play really well against Kyrie, especially Ja. How do you how, what, what's your thoughts on that move just in, in particular? I mean, I'm interested in it. I think Luca is supposed to come back the game before the all star break. Is my audio is my, my audio terrible? You're just I popping. I tried to fix You're it. Popping. I'll do this You're good. right here. You're good. We have like We're out to four the minutes. Um, I'm interested in it because you got two of the best offensive players in the association on that team now. But it, it it's fit wise. It's all that is is hey, we're gonna get these two dudes who are unbelievably talented and and put them on the same team and hope they hope it works out because there's no fit there, right? Mm. And they both are ball dominant. Kyrie can be a little bit off ball, but <laughs> those two dudes just don't. <laughs> I don't think either one of them just hates anybody. I don't think they play well with others. Same thing. It just doesn't. Yeah. Sort of same thing as D'Lo. They don't, they don't mesh with guys they go play with. It just 
just doesn't seem to work out right. So it, I don't know. I, I'm very interested. I just I don't love it. I don't love it. But yeah. listen, at the end of the day, if that somehow works, they got two of the best scores to play the game in a playoff matchup. It's, they're dangerous for sure, but for sure, it also could implode at any moment. <laughs> Yeah, they could find somehow Kyrie can she'll walk down the street and just get offended and then it just breaks loose. EJ, uh, wrap us up on the Kyrie in Dallas. Yeah, um, as uh, Luke stated, you know, uh, higher power offensively, uh, they like to want, you know, uh, Luca likes to find his mismatch, uh, constantly. Yeah. And I think Kyrie does too. So they're just going to be a hunting mismatch team uh, with those two guys. And it's going to be, you know, go out there and kill your mismatches. Uh, I think that's all is going to be from them. So if you can just limit that in a way, you can beat them. Uh, but I, I, I do think that they, you know, Kyrie has a bigger plan. Uh, KD has a bigger plan. Uh, I do think that, you know, Kyrie might, um, walk this summer or whatever, uh, sign and trade, try to get Chris Paul, try to get DeAndre Aiden. That was kind of talked about around the uh, trade deadline, too. And then Kyrie ends up in Phoenix with Katie again. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Those guys, uh, like the, you know, once these steps, uh, LeBron's and KD washes out the league, everybody knows it'll be Grizzlies basketball time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a fun ride until then. All right, real quick, let's get out of here in about a minute or two. But, Nate, let's go to you first. Game predictions. At Celtics, 1 o'clock, Super Bowl, the big game, Sunday. I don't know which one we can say without getting sued. But it's on ABC, uh, 1 o'clock, Central Tip. Uh, what's your thoughts on the, the game against the Celtics? I think it'll be – I want to say it'll be telling on if the Grizzlies really got their swag back. But it's a noon game on Super Bowl Sunday. It's a little bit weird. I do think they need to have a good showing. I, I do think they need to come out and play well for their own sake, not for the national narrative, not for what the media is going to say. I think they, they need to come out against a awesome team, the number one team in the association, and have, have a good showing. Not necessarily win, but they need to have that game competitive and have the Celtics on the ropes, right? And so hmm. um, not because I don't, I don't think they can win. I think they, at their best, can compete with anybody. But. But um, I just want to see them push the Celtics to the very edge. And it'd be a competitive game. And if so, I think yeah. they go in and they beat the Jazz at home going into the break. But I'm pretty happy. Like I said, I thought they needed to win two, two of these four games before the All-Star break. They already won two of them. And I think they're going to win three of them. Uh, I think they'll, wow. they'll split these next two. So, listen, I think the Grizzlies look like themselves tonight. And I thought the game before, they started to look like themselves. So, so just keep the momentum. Go play a really good gaming as the Celtics come out with their heads out high no matter what goes on. Cool. EJ? Yeah, man. Uh, I think this is one of those games that got circled. Uh, mm. This is one of those circle games for the Grizzlies. Uh, I think, the, of course, the uh, the Christmas Day game was one of those games for sure. And this is the next one. And uh, as John Morant said with, the, of course, the Fine in the West uh, comments, uh, the Celtics was brought up. And I think it's going to be a business game, though. Uh, these guys, it's more than just coming in locked in. Uh, I think it's going to be a business trip for these guys. So that's going to be huge to look at. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see some Luke Kennard, maybe. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, but uh, hopefully it's nothing too confusing to where it could cost us the game. But, yeah, I, I honestly think we're going to go in there focused, 
business trip type mentality and try to go in there and kind of not just win the game, but kind of lay it on them a little bit. So that's what I'm looking forward to from these guys. Yeah, absolutely. The Grizzlies have had a, a decent stretch here where they played Tuesday and then and they were at home and then now they're playing Friday tonight uh, as we're recording this. So that two days off, then they have a quick trip up to Boston, right? With a day of rest, you do have travel. But then again, they don't play again till Wednesday. And then right after that game, you have the uh, you you immediately go into the All Star break. And so I really do think that the the Grizzlies are set up right now where they have they're locked in at this point because they know that they struggled. They know they got past the trade deadline. Uh, I think they're going to be locked in, just like EJ said. I think this is going to be a business trip for them because there's no Jalen Brown. You know what you're getting in a team. I think they can, you know, honestly kind of be a measuring stick game and find out find out how good are we? How good is our bench? Does everybody show up? There's two games that day. Nobody is watching the other game. I, I think it's uh, Pistons and somebody else. It's a one o'clock game on ABC. People are already getting together for the Super Bowl that day. So the people are going to be watching the Grizzlies uh, take on the Celtics. And so I'm excited about it. I, I think this is going to be a, a, a fun little finish right here before we get to the all-star break and then after the all-star break um it's on we got what 25 games at that point i believe it is and so uh not much uh not much movement's going to happen for 25 games because you have to have a lot of jockeying to happen uh but there's a lot of teams that are under the grizzlies that are kind of spread you know a game or two apart uh but the grizzlies having a three and a half game um i guess that I guess they're behind three and a half. Is that right? I believe that's what the, uh, they were three and a half behind uh, Denver. Uh, and so them sitting there, I, I think that they're fine. Uh, maybe not as much in the West. Oh, they have another uh, three and a half game ahead of Sacramento, who's losing as well uh, to Dallas tonight. And so it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I, I don't know what else that the Grizzlies need to do besides try to make sure they get their rotations right, kind of implement Luke Kennard. And I think after that, man, it's going to be fun. We're getting ready to roll, boys. They need to win the game. <laughs> Play to Play win the, to the win game. The game. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. EJ, we can't thank you enough, man, for coming in through. Uh, we were a little bit later coming on, so I thought I'd throw it out there uh, to see if we can get you on a little bit here. Uh, but make sure you go follow the uh, the Spaces Grizzlies. Uh, it's at Spaces Grizzlies. That's right. Correct. Okay, perfect. Okay, follow at Spaces Grizzlies because they do a show every single game. After the game, first thing you want to do, you don't listen to Pete and Brev. You don't want to hear anybody else. Just go listen to EJ and his and his friends. We'll call them. Uh, but that's all we have, man. And I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Can't wait for Super Bowl Sunday. Can't wait for the Grizzlies to go into Boston and get a dub. I love it. All right. That's all we got. Be nice and tell your friends.